From the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, this is the Entree Leadership Podcast, where I take calls from leaders like you about what it takes to win at any stage of business and leadership. I'm Dave Ramsey, your host with over 30 years of experience leading businesses, my business in the trenches, growing this from a card table in my living room. So if you are an entrepreneur running a business, you're just like me. If you're looking for theory, you're in the wrong place. If you're looking for practical hands-on stuff, we're here to help you. We want to talk to you about your business. We believe in small business. We are a small business at Ramsey Solutions. Not as small as we used to be, but we're small still. So if you got a question, give me a call, 844-944-1070. That's 844-944-1070. Or you can even uh, fill out a little form, and we'll call you and set up the call. That's pretty cool. You can do that at entreeleadership.com slash ask, entreeleadership.com slash ask. We're starting this segment off with Lance in Ventura, California. Hey, Lance, welcome to the show. How can we help? Hey, Dave. Uh, thanks. I'm excited you're hosting Entree Leadership. Um, well, thank, thank you for you. changing the trajectory of my personal finances, career, family business, uh, et cetera. Well, I'm honored. There's at least two people excited about it now, me and you. <laughs> good, good, good. Uh, so I run a, a plumbing company, new construction plumbing company with, the, with my parents, and uh, I'm the foreman out in the field keeping all the plates spinning every day. And uh, we've got six employees. Most of them are millennials. They're all people that I've, I've hired, I work closely with. And uh, I'm kind of transitioning from, you know, training people directly to training people to train people as we grow. And so there's there's some growing pains coming along with it. Amen. And I know that my natural leadership style is to micromanage. And I, I think I'm doing a pretty good job of throttling back the micromanaging and, and getting my guys to take take ownership of things. But every once in a while, you just you let something slide. You want to say something. And you don't. And then the next time somebody does something, you want to say something. Oh, I'm going to give them their space. I'm going to give them their space. And then you wake up and it's been a month and the guy's driving you crazy and you're tempted to get rid of them. So I'm really looking for help on walking the line between micromanaging and, and, and failing to lead my young guys. God, that is such a good question. You're such a stud. I love it. Cause I've done exactly what you're talking about a thousand times. Okay. So <laughs> let me tell you how bad I am. The opposite end of this. Okay. Um, I, then I'll come back to your question. I'm so bad about correcting everything in the moment that we didn't need annual reviews. They were pointless. <laughs> there was no point because we'd already reviewed it. Like at the moment that it happened, we didn't need to talk about it again. It was already handled. So here's the thing. We talk about this in delegation a lot around entree leadership that, um, when someone doesn't know how to do the thing, the way you want it done. It is not micromanaging to correct them and teach them okay. and mentor them. It's called training. Okay. To let them continue to do it the wrong way is stupid. Well, and so you're, you're not gaining any ground team. by allowing someone to do something the wrong way twice, even. Right. Okay. You don't have to be mean about it. You don't have to be nasty about it. You don't have to be all up in their grill about it. Like, what are, what's wrong with you? You're stupid. I already told you I'd do this. You don't have to do that, right? But you got to go, uh, no. Remember, we talked about this. This is the way. Yeah, but at my other job. No, this is not your other job. We're at this place, at Ramsey, this is the Ramsey way we do right. this. Because, you know, it, it, there, there's a lot of different ways to do things. Some things with plumbing, there's one way. You got to do it that way or it doesn't work, right? But in terms of dealing with a customer, in terms of 
keeping supplies on the truck and whatever. I mean, you can do all kinds of different things there, but you know, if they're doing something a way you don't want them to do it and it's driving you crazy because you've let it slide, that's not their fault. They don't even know they're dumb. Right, right. You haven't so, even told them yet, okay? So if they keep doing it over and over after you told them, then 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 it's on them. And now you've got a different issue that's a team member issue that's not responding to training, okay? Right. Now, if they're doing it over and over and over the right way, and you keep interrupting, well, you're the mother-in-law telling the daughter-in-law how to make it the way her son liked it. You know, don't make <laughs> the beans that way. No, that's that's interfering then. That's micromanaging, right? Yeah. But you're not doing, you know, so this is the biggest thing. Everybody wants to delegate, and everybody, I, 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 that's why I thought I was a bad delegator. And then I figured out I'm an excellent delegator. I am really not a control freak because I don't want to do all the work. I, I feel that. And that's why, you know, I want to be hands off and it's just no. And I think what I'm hearing from you is the permission to open my mouth a little more and that it's, it's not micromanaging. No, it's it's, instant, it's instantaneous. Said. Okay. So I've got people work for me 22 years and and if they're off on something, I go, Hey, no, I, I, that's off. And then they can argue with me if they want, if they've been here 22 years, they might argue with me because that's how we do stuff. But, sure. but, but, you know, it's like, no, that's, that's off. That doesn't work. And we don't wait for them to do it wrong three times before we get pissed off enough to say something about it. Okay. That's, that's not, see, you're not a micromanager because your job is to protect what your family has built Sure. and don't let okay. Jim Bob screw it up by doing it wrong. Right. Right, so, so you got to go. No, Jim Bob, that's not the way we do it, buddy. Right, it's it's better explaining. Not, hey, I'm grumpy because you did it this way. It's, no, don't be grumpy. It's not grumpy. It's, it's you're a teacher. Right. You're a teacher. Yeah, you're not a micromanager. Right. You're a teacher. You're a trainer. You're showing them how. And I don't do it with a grumpy attitude on the radio like this. And when I'm on doing podcasts, I'm always sarcastic because it's my spiritual gift. But <laughs> sure. but when I'm correcting you in person, I'm not nearly that sarcastic. Unless I'm joking with you while I'm correcting you, and then I might be sarcastic, right? I, but, I think some of my uncertainty comes from, you know, I'm not on the job with these guys eight hours a day. I'm hopping from job to job to job, and they're working under somebody else. And so I, I always hesitate, thinking, okay, well, maybe the guy they're working with already kind of coached him on this. I don't want to. Well, you can ask that guy. That's them. okay. You can ask that guy. Yeah. And say, hey, okay. listen, I noticed this. So, like, uh, I built a couple of houses, and I used a general contractor to build a house. My rule, because I grew up in the building business, mom and daddy were in the building business, I was in the real estate business, my rule is I never correct a sub on a home I'm building. That's the GC's job. I'm the Fair. owner okay. of the house, and he did it wrong, and it's got to be changed, but I don't need to tell him that. The GC needs to tell him that. And so I'm going to pull the GC aside and go, hey, you put that in the wrong place. The wall's in the wrong place, man. You got to move the wall. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, come on, it's, look at the blueprint. Right. Goes, so when there's oh, right, respect the chain of command, and I've got a kind of a sloppy chain of command right now because yeah. of the size of the business. Yeah. Part yeah. of it is, part of it is you need, you may need to talk about delegation with your guy you're training to lead. Right. Which I don't have a big, well. Oh, you got one, you, like you said, you got a guy on the job that's leading another guy, right? And he might've already told him, you told me that, right? Yeah, yeah, I okay. never know. We, yeah. You know yeah. So, so my point is, you need to grab your leader on that job aside and go, hey, did you tell him this? No. Okay. So I need you to go and tell him this. And now you're training the leader. 
You're not correcting right. the mistake that was made on the job. You're correcting the leader that allowed the mistake to go on on the job. Okay, okay. Because now you're, you're creating a delegatable situation. Because when you leave that job, both these guys got to know what right looks like. And right looks like two things. A, doing the item correctly, and B, correcting the guy that did the item wrong correctly, and neither one of these you did after you finished training both of them. Okay. Is that logical? It is. It is. Yeah. I, like I said, it's just really highlighting the... It's the not flaws. mean to let it go on. It's it, 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 it's not mean to correct it. It is mean to let it go on. Right. Because then you spend the next couple of days... Well, you get mad and they don't going, even know I'm why gonna, you're I'm mad. get rid of this kid. They don't exactly. They don't know why I'm mad. Yeah, because it built up inside of you, and and, you, and they don't even. Where did that come from? What's wrong with Lance? You know, and so that's what happened to me. And I find because I'm from the South, and passive aggressive here is an art form, right? <laughs> and so I thought it was being. I thought I was being nice by not telling people stuff. And what I finally figured out is to be unclear is to be unkind. Yeah, and that's exactly well, you, where you, you are. You've taught me that these millennials, they'll, they'll let you know if they're great or not. And it's so true. Because these guys, they're good guys. They want to show up. They want to work hard. I, I know that if if it doesn't work out, it's my failure for teaching them. And if you got I, good I, millennials on the site, they will take the training. Because they, they, they okay. zest for excellence. Yeah. If you got bad ones, there's no fix for it. Fire their butt. Yeah, done. Yeah, but the guys I've got, yeah, yeah, so it's because they got the good ones got a zest for excellence. All you got to do is aim the gun and pull the trigger, man. And the right. point is, you're not doing either one of those things when you let the thing being aimed at the wrong thing. It's on you. So you're right, and I, I, I I'm frustrated with you because I did the exact same crap when I was at your stage. At at this stage, you know, uh, you know, you're at the at this pathfinder stage here. And you know you're you're one step removed almost from a tra from a uh, a treadmill operator one step removed from just doing it by yourself. Now you're trying to hand off the business, and you're handing off your reputation when you're doing that, and you're handing off your quality when you're doing that, and you're handing off your frustrations when you're doing that. And that's a whole new skill set that's different than plumbing. And this is what you got to do. So you're you're really you're really at a really sweet spot right now in a pivotal spot where you can level up doing this. So very, very well done. Very proud of you, my man. Excellent, excellent work. Kevin is with us. Kevin's in Springfield, Missouri. Hey, Kevin, what's up? Hey, Dave. Uh, hey, just a quick question. I'm a new general manager of a small business up here. And uh, personal finance-wise, my wife and I uh, were on Baby Steps 4 through 6. Business-wise, when I got brought in, we were behind with vendors. And so how do you apply the baby steps to a business? Well, you don't. The baby steps aren't for a business. Um, that's a personal finance process. You're, if you're behind with anyone, whether it's personal or otherwise, your first goal is get caught up uh, and then put in place a system that keeps you from being behind again. Why are you behind with vendors? Uh, I think it was just a... Um, you know, I, I don't know. I got when I got brought in, we were about, we started we were behind, and so I was trying to pay like the oldest bill um, with the lowest debt first, and so I got caught up doing that. And then I think it was because we had a kind of a payroll issue, and so we've had to let a couple people go. And uh, so then I was like, I just need to call Dave and see what he says. <laughs> okay, so are you in charge of the payables? Uh, yeah. So, so yeah. So now when the bills come in, I'm in charge of paying our vendors. Yes. 
Okay. Are you in charge of holding enough cash back to make sure that the vendors get paid when the bill does come in? Because you know the bill is going to come in. Yes. And I, I, so I was trying to figure out how to prepare for that. Well, I mean, if in most places you're putting out like a PO, right? A purchase order. Yes, yeah. Okay, yeah. so you know what's coming. Yes. If you put a PO out in February, you know in March that bill's coming, correct? Yeah, yep. So all you do is keep up with your POs, and you can predict your cash flow needs for the following month. Am I right? Yes, that's right, yeah. Okay, and then make sure your cash doesn't get drained down below what your upcoming POs are under any circumstances. Okay. Because you've already owe that money. I mean, it's, it's that money's already spent. You can't let it go anywhere else. Desert, it's almost yeah. like when you do the PO, you need to bank the money right then in anticipation of 30 days later paying the bill. Okay. Does that make, that's called accrual accounting. Yes, that makes sense. And if you did that, you can get back ahead of it. And because usually what happens is when you're behind on something, it's not the, it's not the being behind that's the problem. That's the symptom. And in your case, the problem is you don't have a cash flow plan to anticipate and get ahead of the curve on this. You got to have a system, a process. Okay. And so accrual accounting will help you do it. How many, what, what size is this business? We have, uh, we're a garage door business. We have uh, three full time technicians. We have a part time technician, an owner, and an office person. And I'm the G- GM. So you're doing about a million a year? Uh, yeah, last year we did 900,000. Yeah. Good guess. Okay. Almost like I've done this before. Okay. And so, um, good. That's a great business, by the way. I love your business. And so, yeah, just sit down with the owner. Who's keeping the books? You? Uh, we have, no, we have an accountant. Offsite? Yes. Outsourced? Yep. Okay. They may be useless. Okay. And so you need to sit down with them and make them useful. Okay. Because sometimes they're not, they're not help. They haven't helped you build a process in this business to keep your bills paid. Instead, that's they're just correct, reporting yeah. all the crap that's already happened and the tangled mess. And so you need to talk to them. Or if we're going to run this on a cash basis, which you probably need to run this business on a cash basis, meaning don't spend money you don't have, then you still need some kind of an accounting system or spreadsheet system that the accountant should be able to help you build to just set the money back. Retain okay. the money. When you do a PO, put the money in the account. Okay. Every time you do a PO, put the money in the account and have a system that causes that to happen. And then that that's in essence, a primitive version of accrual accounting. And that will get you there. Accrual accounting is you put the, put the expense on the books as if it's happened when you do the expense, not when you pay it. Cash basis is you do, you put it on the books when you actually pay it. And you're okay. trying to run this on a cash basis. So you got no cash to pay the bill and you get behind. Does this, you follow sure. me? That's that's correct. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe your offsite uh, guy, your your outsourced accounting guy, um, you and the owner need to sit down with them and go, hey, we need some help here. You're going to have to help us get one more level of sophistication than what we've got because it's causing us to get in a cash flow bind. Uh, so we need to book them. We need to book the expense in cash somewhere. Hold the cash back as if we've already paid the bill when we put the bill in place. That or just start paying cash on the barrelhead. Just go to COD. Just when you order something, just pay it. You can do that too. That's real simple. But that's what you do when you're like a one-man shop. You just write it, well, unless you're using a credit card or something stupid like that. So there you go. Hey, man, you're a rock star. You got the right questions at this stage of the business. And if you get those systems in place, that's going to help you all level up and be able to scale and move to the next level. 
and be able to go to the other stages of business. Very cool stuff. If you didn't know what you've stumbled into, this is the Entree Leadership Podcast. My name's Dave Ramsey. I'm the host. I have run Ramsey Solutions for now 30-plus years, started it from a card table in my living room. If you're looking for a business podcast on how to actually do crap, because I do crap every day, this is the right place. If you're looking for a business podcast on business and leadership theory, we'll probably sprinkle some of that in because we actually use it because we're intelligent. But this is not theory. If you want theory, you go to a college professor who's never made payroll. They can help you with that. That's what tenure's for. And this place here, we kill stuff and drag it home, cut it up and eat it. This is who we are. So call us. The phone number is 844-944-1070. That's 844-944-1070. That's how this stuff works. This is called the Entree Leadership Podcast. Jump in. We'll make you part of the plan, baby. This episode is brought to you by Trainual. Even when you're great at running the day-to-day, a lot of leaders struggle to delegate. But delegation is a critical leadership skill, and empowering your team by building that skill just takes having the right system in place. Well, Trainual is that system, and it's a game changer. Trainual is an easy-to-use app that helps document and organize everything about your company in one place. Clear outlines for every role and responsibility, step-by-step training for all your SOPs and employee handbook content, an org chart and directory. You can build accountability tests. Employees can even use Trainual's powerful search to answer their own questions. Companies using Trainual are cutting training time and related costs by up to 75%. Get started with over 300 templates and their world-class support. It's time to get your entire team playing from the same playbook. Visit trainual.com slash entree today for a demo and get 15% off your first year with code entree15. That's 15% off at T-R-A-I-N-U-A-L dot com slash entree with code E-N-T-R-E-1-5. Welcome to the Entree Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Ramsey, having entirely too much fun and getting paid for it. This is a blast. Hey, if you didn't know, we have identified what we now call the Entree Leadership System. Uh, It's what I stumbled through over 30 years, but we've now identified it, and we can help you walk through it, strut through it, climb through it even faster because we now know what it is. There are five stages to business and six drivers, and you need to know what this Entree Leadership System is. We'll teach it to you as you listen to the show over the coming weeks and months. You will also teach it to you in Entree Leadership Elite, which did I mention before the break is free to try for 30 days. But here's the thing. The five stages of business are you start out as a treadmill operator. Now, the treadmill operator is just what it sounds. It's probably you, maybe one or two others, and you're just stuck on the freaking treadmill. Just run, 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 run. You generate almost all the business. Business results are generated by you, and they're not generated without you. And so you can't take a vacation. You actually own your job. You don't even own a business. It's not doing anything without you. Then once you level up on that, you can move to the Pathfinder. This is where you lack clear direction. Now, a lot of you are at Pathfinder. You got the business up and running. There's other people doing work. You're delegating. uh, But you lack really clear direction. And if you want to get your team all on the same page, this dialed-in unified direction, then you can level up and go to Trailblazer. And the primary problem there is you lack the leaders and a plan to scale the business. And then you move from Trailblazer, once you solve that, 
to path or to peak performer. I keep putting these in the wrong place. And uh, people that help me with this are all dying back there, but it's okay. So the primary problem there is your business has become too comfortable. Things are going pretty well. You get a little fluffy. You get a little soft. And you screw up. Boy, I did this one. God, remember this. And the fix this, you and your team have to become a get a, a relentless culture of excellence going. And then the last stage is legacy builder. And that's building the succession plan. Your primary problem area is you don't have a succession plan. How's this going to outlast you? That's what you're looking for. So this is the process. So you go from treadmill operator to pathfinder to trailblazer to peak performer to legacy builder. And it has taken me 30 years to go through these. Okay. It might take you 30 months if you're really stinking smart. Uh, but most people, it takes you a little while. You spend a little time in each of these stages. And we teach you about the personal aspect of business, one of the drivers where you're really the problem. The, the business needs purpose. The business, you, it, it, that's a driver of the business. The business has to have the right people. That's a driver of the business. The right plan, a driver of the business. The product, that's a driver of the business, which creates profit, which goes back in. Then you go back around those drivers time and time and time again. You cycle through these drivers. You get better each time, more sophisticated each time, drive them deeper each time. We're going to unpack this in detail over the coming weeks, months, you're going to start hearing about this. Those of you that have listened to me about personal finance, you know, the baby steps. Well, this system in essence becomes the baby steps for business and business is more complicated than personal finance. And so the system's a little bit more complicated, but you're going to get as used to hearing about peak performers and trailblazers and legacy builders as you are about baby step seven. And you're going to, if for those of you that are dialed into the other stuff, you're going to know what that is. If you're not dialed into the other stuff, then you're still going to get used to hearing it. So, and this is because this is how business works, particularly small business. If you're running a, 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 a you know, a, a billion dollar corporation, I can help you with some leadership stuff, but I've never run a billion dollar company. Our company's 300 million. So we don't, I, I can't tell you how to do that. I've never done it. Now I can help you with some leadership stuff because some of the leadership principles are leadership principles. They work all the time whether you got two people or two million, but, um, God help you if you got two million, but, um, so, but the, yeah, that, that's the thing. So we're going to walk you through that and we're going to help you in the meantime, what's your biggest thing you're struggling with? Call me. I want to help you with this. I love business problems. I love business people and I want to hear from you. So get your, get in the lineup. The number is 844-944-1070. 844-944-1070. Leave a message. We'll get back to you. We'll get you set up to be a caller. Laura is with us in Evansville, Indiana. Hey, Laura, welcome to the Entree Leadership Podcast. Hi, Dave. Thank you for taking my call. Well, I'm honored. I own, you, thank you. I own and operate a residential cleaning service here in Indiana. And with using your teachings from Entree Leadership, our sales and my profits have more than doubled the last three years. I'm so proud of you. Are, yeah, thank you. Ken Coleman sent me your book two years ago as a gift when I talked to him, and I've been using it. So now we're paying more in taxes than I ever imagined, but we're always prepared. <laughs> yeah, you're <laughs> an evil rich prepared. person now. You should be punished. Yeah, yeah, so we're paying those taxes, and I asked my accountant this past year how we could reduce our tax burden her recommendation was to file to become an S-Corp, and I would love your advice on that. She did say it would reduce 2022 tax burden by $15,000, which sounds great, but I don't know anything really about that other than what I can find quickly on the internet. And I just wanted your advice because I really respect all your teachings, and I've been trying to follow them, and we're just is very this, thankful is for a, you. Is so. this an Indiana thing? 
Is that where the well, savings is? Because there shouldn't. How much payroll have you got? Well, let's see. Um, quite a bit. I have 26 team members right now, and um, I don't know exactly how to answer what your is question. It that you're, what is it that you're able to write off in a sub S that you can't write off in an LLC that's worth $15,000? I don't know what that is. Well, she was saying that if I drew my salary as a employee from the S Corp, that it reduces my tax liability personally by $15,000 for the year 2022 is the example that she was giving me. Because well, you pay the exact same in FICA. You pay the exact same in your uh, self-employed tax. Um, it doesn't change that at all because it's all passed okay. through. Uh, those are all 941 issues. I... There, there is a thing possibly that you can deduct a portion of your uh, FICO, uh, half of your taxes in the S Corp, and you can't in the LLC possibly. But I can't imagine that being worth fifteen grand. So here's the thing I would do. All right, I don't know okay. what she's talking about. Uh, I, you, I, so I could be wrong. Okay, um, I would be very, very careful of it. So anytime I get an expert, an, uh, an estate planner, a tax person in this case, a whatever, someone outside these walls, even inside these walls, uh, like a programmer, I got a whole bunch of digital people in the building and I don't, I can't spell digital. And so, um, and they, they come in my office and speak other languages and I have to have them translate. And so sure. that's kind of what's going on here. So you, you're the owner of the business. Her job is not just to give you advice. Her job is to explain why. So I want to see the math. Show me why. And if the math makes right. sense, you may want to do it, maybe. But you also need to figure out what the other unintended consequences are. Because here's the basics on an LLC and a sub S. 100% okay. pass-through. Okay? You run the P&L on a sub S. You run the P&L on an LLC. Whatever the profits are, 100% passes through to your personal return. Both right. of them are the, set up exactly the same way federally. Now, there is that there is one nuanced difference that I'm referring to, and it sounds like that's what she's talking about, but I can't get my head around how that equals 15 grand. And even if right. it does, what else am I losing in Indiana by being an LLC? We started this as a sub S and moved it to an LLC because of Tennessee okay. law, not because okay. of federal law. Because we had a okay. tax in Tennessee that the LLC didn't have to pay that the sub S did. And so it went the oh. other way. So I'm currently an LLC uh, with a sub S under it, actually, because you can't ever get out of it once you're in it. So um, okay. anyway, I want to know, A, what the unintended consequences are. B, I want to know what, or A, what the math is, where I'm getting this 15000 not just randomly take your advice sure. because you're an accountant. Right. Okay. Because yeah, accountants are like everybody else. There's dumb ones. Too. Do what? Right. I said we still have the LLC as well. Like the company is still an LLC, but like you said, we like she's suggesting you know the S corp tax wise, of course. Well, and it's all tax. It's all yeah. tax. I mean, there's two. Right. Th there's only two. The, the, that's why the, the, you know, when people say on the radio, you hear these stupid ads on the radio, get a Nevada corporation and you will save on tax. Bull crap. Okay. You know, <laughs> you're not going to save anything on that. There's the taxes are a hundred percent pass through. Period. Right. It does not change. Now, the one thing that might be that is different, and and uh, you need to get her to explain the math of how you get to fifteen thousand. That may be what she's talking about: is the write-off okay. of the of the uh, self-employment tax or a portion of the half the self-employment tax 
instead of self-employment tax, it becomes FICA, and the company's paying half, and you're paying half, okay, when it's a right. sub-S. And that yes. other half being written off, I can't imagine that being fifteen grand in tax savings. That's a lot. Okay. But it yeah. might be. I don't know what you're paying yourself either. That might, it might be. So check on that. And, but so the, the, but the, the principle we want to go with here is an expert brought me something that might be true. I'm not going to accept it on face value. They need to explain why. I'm the 10-year-old little boy that won't shut up. But why? But why? But why? And you just want to smack them after a while. But why? But why? But why? Why is the sky blue? Why? Why is this guy? Why? Why did God? I don't know why God did that. He's God. Okay. Why? Just keep asking why. And that until you understand and until you understand, we're not taking their advice. And if you have someone that wants you to take their advice, that's an expert because they're an expert, not because they can explain it, fire them. I don't do stuff because attorneys tell me to do it. Attorneys work for me. I don't do stuff because accountants tell me to do it. They work for me. Their job is to have the heart of a teacher explain to me what's going on. Why? Where's this 15000 coming from? When it makes sense to me, we'll talk about doing it. But I'm not blindly doing it. My accountant said to do this, and then I'm in jail. No, I'm not doing that, okay? And this is what happens to people, right? That's not going to happen here, Laura. But, I mean, you see what I'm That's how people get in this. You know, these athletes, I lost all my money because some man was managing my money. I had a man. No, you're the man. You're supposed to be managing your money. So this is your, your managing this business. So the principle is expert brings me something I don't understand. Their job is to explain it or get a different expert. Principle number one. Then principle number two that you want to look for in these things is sometimes someone in a special discipline like accounting, she's looking only at the taxes and there's other unintended consequences. For instance, it might open you up to more liability to be in a sub S. I don't think it does, but I mean, that's an example. I'm looking for unintended consequences and an explanation. Then I move forward. I never move forward blindly because the experts said, including Dave Ramsey. My job here is to explain for you, to you, why you should do this, not just what you should do. Do it because I said so. Then fire that person. Okay? And I don't think their accountant's telling you that. I think they just hadn't gotten far enough in the teaching. And I, she may be right. She may be right. But if there, if there, there is no big people, there is no big tax write-offs for having a corporation or for having an LLC. There's no huge ones, okay? No mammoth thing that, well, rich people all get corporations, and that's how the corporations do it. And that's just a bunch of crap that people that don't know what they're doing say, sitting around smoking weed or something, okay? The corporations, the corporations, you know, that's just crap. So people don't fall into that, but Laura, she may actually be onto something on that one nuanced thing on the, the, uh, self-employment tax, that kind of stuff. That's how this stuff works. So, hey, guys, be sure to check on this Entree Leadership Elite. Do not miss this. EntreeLeadership.com slash ask is what you go to if you want to leave a message here. If you want to check out EntreeLeadership.com slash elite, you can get the 30-day free sign-up. Did I mention it's free? You should try things that are free. They might change your life, and then you will charge you for it but we're worth every stinking penny. So check it out for free. EntreeLeadership.com slash elite. Hey, by this time of year, you've set goals for your business, communicated them to your team, and are making them happen together. But while you're busy getting after it, don't forget the primary goal of every single one of your employees to get paid on time and in the right amount. 
payroll, it isn't the most fun part of your business, but it's probably the most necessary. So skip the payroll stress and check out Payority. They're a comprehensive payroll company that does it all for you. Just send Payority some basic info and they handle everything else. Direct deposits, deductions, reimbursements, tax filings, forms, all the things. If your business has 1 to 100 employees, Payority is perfect for you. And if you need support, you talk to an actual human who cares about helping you, saving you time, increasing your profitability, and giving you some very necessary peace of mind. Plus, Payority makes switching payroll providers easy. Go to payority.com slash entree leadership today for a free consultation. That's payority.com slash entree leadership. Welcome to the Entree Leadership Podcast. This is your show if you're a business owner. If you wanted somebody to talk to who's actually done it and doing it, uh, and you really are scared to death because there's nobody to talk to, it gets really lonely sometimes when you're leading. Uh, This is your place. I'm on your team. And I'm going to love you so much. I'm going to tell you the truth. And uh, you're going to love it. We're going to laugh together. We're going to cry together. We're glad you're with us. If you want to be on the show, call me at 844-944-1070. Are you a legacy builder? Are you a peak performer? Are you a trailblazer, a pathfinder? Or are you just getting started and you're a treadmill operator? Regardless of your stage of business, we're here for you. Renee is with us in Biloxi, Mississippi. Hi, Renee. Welcome to the Entree Leadership Podcast. Hi, David. How are Dave? How are you? It's okay. <laughs> How are you? That's what Sharon calls me when she's mad at me. It turns into a seven-syllable <laughs> word. David. <laughs> What's up? I'm good. Yes, Dave. I've been, you know, following you for a while, and um, I'm a business owner of natural hair care products, and uh, it's a I'm big you know, on creative. those. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think exactly I can help right. you at all. <laughs> so, uh, you know, our, our products are handmade and hand mixed. And I, my 16 year old son works for me. Mm-hmm. Right. And so um, when we have production day, meaning he makes all the products, he follows the recipe, put the labels on, et cetera. Um, and so what I do is I pay him like 40 to $50 for that day. And he takes maybe six, sometime maybe six or seven hours to do it. You know, he takes his time. So, and I know, and that's just pennies really, but that's how much I pay him for that day. And then each order that is placed in that field, I give him like 5% of that order. So for instance, like a $65 order would be only $3 and 25 cents for that, for that one order. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just trying to figure out, you know, my business is starting to scale and I'm trying to figure out what is the correct pay scale for him. And because I'm really trying to set him up to take over the business one day and then I want to encourage him, you know, with, with more money. And, um, you know, I would love to hire a couple more employees one day with, you know, with benefits and things like that. So I'm really just trying to, you know, find out how to scale my business, how to pay correctly and, and that whole process. Okay. Well, there's two answers. There's one for the 16 year old and one for the adults. The 16 year old eats your food. (laughs) Yeah. So what you pay him is whatever you want. Okay. Okay. That's not, there's not a thing there. It's not a, there's not a fairness thing. There's not a law. 
their slave labor, their children. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> right. But I mean, we had Ramsey kids packing stuff, packing books into envelopes and shipping them out. We're, we're getting financial peace books out the door. They were putting labels on and, um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I gave them some money just because I wanted them to have the emotional tie between money and work. Uh, yeah. But I had the right as their father to go, hey, we're, as a family, we're doing this right now. We got nothing, and we're all doing this together. Families do <laughs> right. that in business, and there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, right. I mean, I think if you ask Bubba Kathy, I don't think Truett paid him a dime to work Chick-fil-A when he was 15, okay? <laughs> I, I think right. he sent him over and got the gum out from under the table, if I remember the story <laughs> right. And, uh, you know, that's what you got to do because your daddy owned a restaurant. So, anyway, right. aside from that. Yeah, I do want to pay him something, but it's not because it's his right or I'm breaking mm-hmm. a law or I'm unethical or immoral. I want him to have work tied to money, and I love your commission idea with him. And so it sounds like you're paying him about $10 an hour plus commission on the fill, right? Mm-hmm. That's Correct. fine. That's fine for him. And okay. and then okay. as he gets to be doing more and more work and he's more of an adult and he's 18 and he's out of school or whatever, and he's coming mm-hmm. into the business, we can talk about, you know, what the market value of is the thing. Now, what can you hire an adult outside to do stuff part-time? Mm-hmm. Uh, these days, I think it's going to be 15 to $20, don't you? Yeah, that's about the, that's about, what is that, the, um, the going rate? Yeah, the, the going um, rate. I think minimum, it is. Yeah. I mean, Target's paying, like Target's paying 20 uh, you know, or 25 in some areas. And so you're competing with them for part-time help to fill bottles, right? Mm-hmm. Right, right. Th- that's what so we're if into. I hire someone for like four, for, for like six hours, yeah. right? So that's, that I would just need to have, but now. You know, the other, thing, the other thing I might do is this, if you wanted to, mm-hmm. it'd be fun with an adult is mm-hmm. go, um, you know, the first two or three batches, I'm just going to pay you uh, 15 an hour, and we'll look at it. And then once you see what it is, I'm just going to pay you X number of dollars for a batch, whether you do it an hour or five hours. Okay. I and see. then they could do it in shorter time because they can see they can do that, and they go, hey, man, I can make, you know, $30 an hour because I can do this really fast. But a batch is worth X number of dollars to you, not mm-hmm. X number of hours because your okay. return on it is the batch, Right. Yes, correct. Mm-hmm. And so if you could pay them by the batch, regardless of how fast they did it, that's mm-hmm. going to be best for you. And they might make more per hour net. Hmm. Okay. As an adult. Wow. So I, I would look at structuring that. But if I'm coming in as a part-time four-hour employee, I might not buy off on that until I've done it a couple of times. And I go, okay, I can really do this in this period of time. I can make some money doing this. This lady's going to, she's going to be generous because I can do this in three hours. She's going to pay me the equivalent of five hours. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So when I was 12 that, years old, I'm doable. cutting, when I was 12 years old, a thousand years ago, when the dinosaurs roamed the earth <laughs> and I was cutting grass, I had 27 yards to cut. I had $3 mm-hmm. yards I was cutting. That's how long ago it was. But my, mm. what I figured out was minimum wage in those days was a buck 65 if you were a flopper whopper. A whopper, mm-hmm. fl- a whopper mm-hmm. flopper. You would flop whoppers, right? You're working for Burger right. King, right? And so my buddies mm-hmm. are making a buck sixty-five an hour, and I'm making three dollars for a yard. So you know what this math nerd did? I figured out I've got to cut that yard in under two hours, or I'm not even making whopper flopper money. Right. And so I'm <laughs> right. in there. I got to knock this out. If I can knock this thing out in an hour, and I could, by the way. But mm-hmm. I'm in there working my little, sweating my little tail off, knocking it out in an hour, so I can make three bucks, which is double. Whopper flopper money, right? right? And so I double what my buddies are making, their little minimum wage thing, because I'm taking it by the job. And the people that I'm cutting the grass for, as long as it's a quality cut, 
and they don't have to come, you know, gripe at the twelve year old because he screwed up their yard, which might have happened. Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> but as long as it's a quality cut, they don't care. The three dollars is the three dollars. You don't care because your a batch is worth X number of dollars to you. Correct. Yeah. So with the with the cut the three dollar a yard. So if you did a yard an hour, you can get three yards in three hours. Yeah. Is that how you do it? So that's like exactly. nine dollars then. And they don't care because all they want is the yard cut. You don't care because yeah. all you want's the batch done. Right, right. That really I can do that. Now, how do I pay them? So I'm just used to doing cash, right? So do I how do I do I formally do like a check or like a business check or you need to do a like, check. Yeah, you need to do a check, do a and check. you need to decide mm-hmm. real quickly, depending, as soon as you get a couple of these things going, I mean, one or two is fine, and for a few months is fine, just give them a check, but you're going to have mm-hmm. to start taking out payroll taxes pretty quick, because these are not 1099, oh. they're not independent subcontractors, and so you're going to have to start doing 941s and get into all that, and honestly, it's a pain in the butt, but you're gonna, oh, you don't wow. have a choice, you've got to start doing it. Once you've got steady employees you're required mm-hmm. to do withholding on them, and that's called 941s, and you're required to file the papers. And it's really not that super complicated. You can actually get a service to do it for you if you want. So, Renee, get them. I like it. Get after it. You're teaching your kid how to run a business. You're running a business. You're the great American dream, kiddo. We love you. This is absolutely awesome. Thank you for calling. Folks, this is the Entree Leadership Podcast. If you want to be part of it, call me at 844-944-1070. I'm your host, Dave Ramsey. We just got back from Summit 2024 in Dallas, and it was absolutely incredible, y'all. If you missed it, you don't want to miss the next one. Me and a few thousand small business leaders are going to Denver next May to hear from John Maxwell, Pat Lincioni, Dr. John Deloney, and many, many more. Plus, for the first time ever, we're doing reserved seating. The sooner you lock in your tickets, the better your seats will be. But hundreds of tickets are already gone. So don't wait. Go to entreleadership.com slash summit to reserve your seats today. God, this is fun. I knew it was going to be fun, but it's really fun. I'm so glad y'all are with me. Thanks for joining us. It's the Entree Leadership Podcast. I love business. I love dealing with business problems, business issues. While we were at the break, I got an email about crap happening in my own building. So this is how we do it here, okay? And I'm the guy that does this stuff, and I've got a team of about 1,100 here. We've been doing this a long time. We've done a lot of stupid stuff that you don't want to do, and I can tell you what stupid looks like because I've looked at it in the mirror. So call me if you want to talk. The phone number is 844-944-1070. Or if you want to fill out a little form and be a caller, you can do that at entreleadership.com slash ask. We want to hear from you. What are you really struggling with? What are your leadership nightmare questions? What have I got to do to level up? I want to take this to the next level, and I've hit the ceiling. And what's going to break the ceiling? Let me tell you what it is. New information. Do the same thing over and over again. You can expect a different result. Never. Never. You can't do the same thing over and over and expect a different result. That's called the definition of insanity. So change something if you want a different result. Running a business is hard. You spend all day putting out fires like the chief everything officer. And at the end, you can't even remember what you did. But you can change all this with Entree Leadership Elite. You get a plan and tools that fit into your day, not add more to it. So you can make the most of your time. Focus on the important things, level up, grow yourself, grow your team, grow your business. Elite is free for the first 30 days. 
so you can see if we're worth our money or not. If we're not worth our money, dump it. If it's worth your, it should be worth a jillion times more than your cost. We give you one good idea, keep you from hiring one donkey. It help you to hire one thoroughbred instead of a donkey. It's worth every dime, so shut up. But give the, you can't beat free. Give it a shot for 30 days, right? Free trial, entreleadership.com slash elite. Adrian in Asheville, North Carolina. Hi, Adrian. Welcome to the Entree Leadership Podcast. Hi, Dave. Thanks for having me on. I'm honored. How can I help? Well, I've been a physical therapist for the last 15 years. Um, for the last four years, I've been at a private practice that serves a pediatric population in a very rural county. There's no other providers in this area. So this has really become like my passion and my purpose. I love it. My boss. Yeah, I love, I love it too. I get to play all day. So <laughs> um, cool. my, my boss is retiring in two years. She's been doing this for 40 years and she wants to sell the business to me. So how do I financially prepare for this transition? And how do I determine what a fair price is? Okay. Um, do you know what the net profits of the business are? They're not good. I, I mean, we have been working so hard, and there's some months that, like, my boss can't, like, really even cash her own paycheck because she we treat a lot of people for free. <laughs> okay. Let's not talk about the soul of business um, or what we all love, uh, but yeah. the financial calculation, because that's how you determine the value of business. I'm, right. an in, I'm an investor. I buy real estate. Okay. If I buy income producing real estate that does not produce an income, my rate of return is precisely stupid zero. Yeah. Right? Right. If you buy a building, you can't get a renter in it. And it just sits there and looks at you and charges you insurance and taxes then if I bought it for the purpose of making money, then, because it's not a nonprofit, it's not a hobby, then, then, right. I, then, yeah. I, then I, you know, I, I, if I paid a dollar for it, I paid too much because I bought an alligator. It eats money, doesn't create money. So mm -hmm. regardless of how long this sweet person has had this business, mm -hmm. regardless of how great the name is in the community, mm -hmm. it only has value to the extent that those two things create money. Mm-hmm. And so if you're not making a profit, that's not worth much. Okay. I know she put in, like, we don't own the real estate. It's a rental. We're in a rental right now. Uh -huh. And so, um, so there's not like real estate to buy. I would want to, to eventually purchase, you know, some real estate. That's, and, a, yeah, and that's, down, that's a different question and down the road. So here's mm -hmm. the thing. Businesses have value as a multiple. There's three ways people value businesses, particularly small businesses. Okay. Okay. It's a multiple of growth, a gross rent or not gross rent multiplier. That's a real estate transaction. Um, a gross revenue multiplier that is okay. very rarely used in small business because you have to have a very generically operating thing to where that, where the gross revenue works. The other thing you can do is you can value it based on the rate of return. I want on the net profit, which is why I was asking you that a minute ago. And I'll come mm -hmm. back to that in a second. The third way you can value a business is what's called book value. If I close it and sell off the stuff, Okay. So okay. book value okay. would be, we have people that owe us $30,000. We have inventory we could sell off that's worth $15,000. We've got a bunch of used office furniture that would bring $2,000. Those things added together, if we close the business, 
and sell everything off, collect the collect the payables, collect the receivables, um, is the v- book value of the business. Mm-hmm. You can't mix these three valuation methods. It's one or the other. Okay. okay. So what she paid to do the tenant improvements is what you were getting ready to tell me about inside mm-hmm. this uh, strip center or wherever you all are is it's irrelevant because the only book value those tenant improvements have is what they'll sell for today, and it's a bunch of used office cubes and some used uh, uh, medical equipment. Mm-hmm. Is worth what? 20 grand or something, right? Yeah, prob- yeah, if that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I mean, out-of-date x-ray machine or whatever it is, right? So mm-hmm. veterinarian wouldn't even buy it. you know. So there you go. So um, that's what you're facing. So my guess is... Because when I talk to small business with people that are wanting to sell, they go, well, A, I put this much into it. Well, that doesn't matter. You're not making anything, okay? Uh, or I've got a great name in the community. I've Everybody knows who I am. I have a wonderful brand. Uh, no, you don't because you're not monetizing it. If you had a wonderful brand, you'd be making money off the brand. A wonderful brand, this is not a nonprofit. This is not a famous contest. We're not trying to be Kim Kardashian. We're running a business. Mm-hmm. So we're monetizing off of the brand or the brand doesn't have value. And so if a lot of people know who you are and they're not giving you money, it doesn't matter. And it's not right. being mercenary or greedy, but this is how we do the valuation process. So I think that you're going to overpay for this and that's probably okay a little mm-hmm. bit. So the way I would value it if I were in your shoes is I would figure out what the net profits were after you are paid and after she is paid a basic office manager fee, not an owner's mm-hmm. fee, okay, but an office manager's fee, to where if I came to North Carolina and I wanted to buy this and go back to Nashville and you all operate it, what would my net profit be? I would have to pay you know, both you and her to run the thing today, right? Right. Okay. And so what's the net profit after those positions are filled and that net profit times four or five okay. is your is your actual valuation. Four means you're getting a 20% rate of return on my money when I go back to Nashville. Five means I'm getting, or four means I'm getting a 25% rate of return. Five means I'm getting a 20% rate of return. So that's called a capitalization methodology, and you're capping it based on that. Now, small business... You is highest risk possible category for an investor, and so they're going. A venture capitalist is going to want more than a twenty five percent rate of return. So, if, if you made fifty grand, the thing's worth two hundred. Okay. If you made fifty grand, it might be worth two fifty, but she really has in her head that it's worth a lot more than it is. And there you go. Okay. So, okay. Uh, don't pay a whole lot more than that. So, if you run you run your multiples out four or five times. And if you want to give a little bit more than that, because I think there's upside, because I think you're probably going to run it better. I, I hope so. I well, hope I mean, so. really, I think you see the upside. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. where you know where there's some low hanging fruit. You can turn this thing around. So I don't want to pay her for that. She didn't create it, but I'll give her a little bit for it. Now, then, how do we come up with 150, 200 grand? Because I'm guessing you don't have that. 150. Uh, we have no. We have about half. Half a million. No, 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 no. You got 75. No. Oh, yes, yes, 1,000. Okay. All right, yes. so you got 75,000. Let's pretend the price is 175 after we do our multiple that we just did, okay? Okay. Are you with me so far on that tracking, that cap rate process? 
Okay. So, so if my profit was 50,000, then Net you multiply profit it by times four, four or uh-huh. five. And so that would be 200,000. Net, yes. Net profit okay. times yes. four or five after she's okay. paid and you're paid. Okay. I'm with you. She doesn't get to work for free and create more net profit in this calculation. Right. So, but, but I don't want to pay her a owner's, I don't want to pay her. And if you can fill her position for uh, $75,000 a year and she's taking 175 out, the hundred doesn't count. It's only the 75. You follow me? Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Then when we get to the bottom line, times four or five is your value, and you've got seventy five thousand of that saved. Give her the seventy five up front, and tell her she gets every dime of profit above what you currently are being paid right now, until we get to the other number. Okay. But you're not going to put payments on it. No. Because she can. Because mm-hmm. you don't know if you're going to make a profit. And so here's the formula, okay? Let's say it's making $50,000 a year, for an example, and you settle on $200,000, you give her $75,000, you owe her one twenty-five, and it's making fifty dollars a year, you're going to give her 100% of the profits after you get paid your basic same salary. Your income's not going to go up, it's not going to go down uh-huh. until she's repaid. Okay, yeah. And if it makes zero, she's going to get zero that year. Okay. If it makes... 125000 she's going to get all her money in one year. Uh-huh. Follow me? Yes. Yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah. then that way you're not, you don't get put in a cash flow bind by the former owner and it puts you out of business right after you bought it and gave her seventy five grand. Right, right. She doesn't get burned. You don't get burned. And yeah. it's not, so it is debt, but it's not debt like, uh, with a stupid bank with a SBA loan, which will come and take everything the first time you blink. Right. Okay. No, I don't. I don't want to use debt at all. Mm-mm. No, no not, tra- not traditional would... debt, especially when you're yeah. telling me we're not even sure we're making a profit. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. you get you get yeah. some of those down months and you got those stinking payments. You're you're mm-hmm. you're gonna get belly up before you know it. You don't need yeah. that stress because you're trying to learn how to do stuff you hadn't done anyway, which is run the business. Not in addition to being a great physical therapist for pediatric. Yeah, uh, there's there's a couple of things I never wanted to do as a PT. I never wanted to work in outpatient or with kids or own my own business. And God has a sense of humor because <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do all three. <laughs> well, and you're already doing them. You're already doing them. You're already doing a whole bunch of this, and that's why you're in this position. So, mm-hmm. and the great news is, is you've been given a joy to do great things for people. And when you do that, your business has got real soul because you're you're serving and you're giving, and you're helping, and you're going to get certificates of appreciation with president's faces on them called profit. And mm-hmm. that's a good thing. This is how capitalism's supposed to work. And I want you to go make $2 million a year and help so many children that it just makes everybody cry from all the stories. That's just so awesome. You're amazing. You're what makes America great. Thank you, Adrian. God bless you. You call me anytime. I want to hear how this turns out, by the way. Give me a call back and give, me, give us an update later on uh, how the negotiation goes and how unrealistic your owner is on her actual valuation and how you get through that whole process because this is always a fun, fun thing. Guys, if you're running a small business, you are the backbone of the American economy. Thank you for who you are. Hey, leave us a five-star review. Mama said, if you can't say nothing nice, don't say nothing. 
go ahead and uh, subscribe to the Entree Leadership Podcast and go ahead and tell everybody you know, share this thing, click on your little Spotify thingy there, on your little Apple thingy there, and share this thing. Make a link to this and send it to your friends and go, I've just listened to the best dadgum business podcast I've ever heard in my life. It's a guy who actually does this stuff, and uh, it's not theory, and it's rocking and fun and funny, and it helps, and I'm getting better because I'm listening to it. Tell people that. Help us spread the word. We need your help. We can't get any better unless you help us. So, and if you want to be part of this, call me at 844-944-1070 or fill out the form at entreeleadership.com slash ask. This is the Entree Leadership Podcast.